If you've been with us on Wednesday nights, you know that throughout the season of Advent, we were studying a book together called Awaiting the Already, which was uh, written by McGray de Vega, who's a Methodist minister and actually lives down near Tampa. And we were, it, this is a little book that goes through each of the Gospels and, and talks about the Christmas story in each of the Gospels. And, uh, and we've been preaching about that on Sunday mornings, looking at the Christmas story in each of the Gospels. But his last chapter is on a brief couple of verses from the letter, Paul's letter to Titus. And so that's where our scripture comes from today, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. It's found on page 969 in your pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow along. But before I read that to you, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your will. By the grace of your Spirit, may the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts lead us to your will. For all of us as your church, and for each of us as your children, dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is He who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for Himself a people of His own who are zealous for good deeds. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I uh, worked at a church in Charlotte, North Carolina, one of my first calls as a pastor, one of the great Christmas traditions I had was to go uh, to the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra for their annual Christmas concert. It was actually not just my uh, tradition, but it was actually a Presbytery tradition. The Presbytery of Charlotte had this great partnership with the symphony orchestra there in Charlotte. To, on the on the rehearsal uh, dress rehearsal night of the Christmas concert, they sold tickets to all of the Presbyterians in Charlotte and and let them come and hear sort of the dress rehearsal. And then uh, some of the proceeds from that night went back to the Presbytery to help raise money for the Presbytery. And it was a, always a wonderful night where you saw Presbyterians from all over town got to see the other ministers from the other churches that we don't get to see on Sunday morning. And it was always a festive night because the conductor, the maestro, would, would even come out into the audience and talk to some of the people. And the highlight of the night was always when we, they performed the 12 days of Christmas. There was a, Obviously the orchestra was there, but a beautiful choir was there as well. And, and during the 12 days of Christmas, they, the, the maestro would come out into the audience and when we got to the fifth day of Christmas, those five golden rings, he would try to get someone, one of those frozen chosen Presbyterians, to, to stand up and sing five golden rings out loud in some sort of operatic voice. And There was a pecking order in line. Usually he would go to one of the ministers of the large congregations in town and get them to try to sing it first. And Every now and then there might be a plant from one of the church choirs who he would go to and let them sing it as, as we went through the song. But secretly I always wanted him to come to me. I, as Julianne can tell you, have always believed that I am a closet rock star and have a wonderful voice. Now, other people have told me that's not true when they've heard me sing, but I always wanted them to come to me so that I could sing out loud five golden rings. Well, 
Peter's not here this morning, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Five golden rings. Not bad. Right. Dreams do come true. You get to do that. But I sing that to you this morning, because, this morning because guess what? If my calculation is correct, today is the fifth day of Christmas. I don't know how many of you saw, got five golden rings this morning, but today is the fifth day of Christmas. It starts on Christmas Day, the 25th, the 26th, the 27th, the 28th, the 29th. It's the fifth day of Christmas where we celebrate the Christmas season. We think sometimes that that song reminds us that the Christmas doesn't just last one day a year, but actually, especially in the church, the, the Christmas season is 12 full days that leads us up to Epiphany, which we'll celebrate next Sunday. But actually, it's a reminder that Christmas is not just a, a one day a year or, or even a small season of the year, but Christmas is something that should overtake our lives and overtake our hearts, and that spirit of Christmas should live with us all the time. Jesus Christ the Savior is born, and it should change our lives and change the way we live and treat other people. And that's really what Paul is trying to tell Titus in these brief few verses that we read this morning. He's trying to remind him of the Christmas story. The letter of Titus is a, a letter between Paul and his friend Titus, really someone who he mentored, who is out preaching the gospel just like Paul did. And, and he's trying to remind Titus of all the things a good Christian should do to, to live godly and to live a self-controlled life, to serve other people and, and to care for other people. And in the midst of this letter, in these brief couple of verses, he reminds Titus of the Christmas story. In the midst of this letter, he reminds him that grace has come. Jesus Christ was born, but even more so, Jesus Christ will come again. Joy to the world, Jesus Christ has come, but joy to the world, Jesus Christ will come again. He knows that that little reminder is a powerful reminder, the reminder of Christmas, the reminder of that spirit that moves us to peace and joy and love and hope and generosity that we experience during this time of year. If you've been with us throughout this season, you've experienced those things. All you had to do was see some of the wonderful things that this church has done over the past few weeks, and you would be overwhelmed by that generosity and that love. During the holiday season, during Thanksgiving, we fed over 50 different families in our community and provided food for them. And you just had to walk into room 110 right here, and you could see all of the Christmas presents that were filling the room, and Mary Childs was putting and organizing and giving to families all throughout Tallahassee, needy families who really would not have experienced Christmas at all if it weren't for our church. All you have to do is just experience the, that spirit that moves us to be a little kinder, to be a little gentler, to be a little more peaceful, to treat people the way we all want to be treated. That's what we experience during the Christmas season. You can see it around us and, and feel it within us, but oh, how quickly, how quickly we turn the page and that spirit goes away. In fact, one of my least favorite days of the year is the day that I have to take down my Christmas ornaments. I always get a, kind of the Christmas blues when I do that. I don't know if you do that too, but it's always one of the hardest days of the year for me to, to wrap up all of the ornaments that we've put on the tree and to take the tree down, all, then take down all of the things that we've put up to give us that Christmas spirit. When we go to South Carolina, in fact, for Christmas, we went to Orlando this year, but when we go to South Carolina, my parents actually make me help them take down the 
the ornaments, and it always drives me crazy. Kind of a terrible way to end the holiday with my family. But my mom has collected so many things and has decorated the house with nutcrackers and trees and elves and all these things that it takes hours to, to, to put it all down and to take it all down. And one of the other things that she has collected are nativity scenes. And I, so we wrap all of those nativity scenes up and, and put them away and, and put them in boxes and put them back up into the attic. But one year I was helping her take all these things down and I, I walked through the foyer of our house. There's a little lampside table right there by the front door. I had just taken the wreath off the front door and I noticed there was a little nativity scene there, one that I had given her from coal country, Kentucky. It was made out of actually coal and you could only really couldn't even make out the faces because it was solid black made out of coal, but you could see it was just a little tiny nativity scene and I thought, well, we need to take that down. We need to put that up. So I started wrapping them up in, in a little package and my mom came in and saw me and she stopped me and she said no no Brad that nativity scene stays there I never take that one down I leave it right there by the front door and I said well you leave it there it's a nativity scene it's a Christmas decoration and she said no but that one I leave there I leave it right by the front door so whenever I come in or whenever I go out or whenever visitors come in they can remember this is a Christian house this is a Christmas house Jesus Christ is born and is always born, and Jesus Christ will be born again. It's just a little reminder for her, a reminder for our family, and it is sitting there right now, in fact, and will be sitting there on Groundhog Day and the 4th of July and Christmas next year, because it's a reminder that Christmas is not just a one-day event. It's a spirit that should live in our hearts and, and motivate us to treat other people with that Christmas love, that love of Jesus Christ that, that only comes through Jesus Christ. That's what Paul does with this letter. In the midst of all these instructions to Titus, he gives this little reminder. Remember Christmas has come. Remember Christmas will come again. Remember Jesus Christ is born. Remember Jesus Christ will be born again. And we'll, we need to prepare our lives for Christmas to come again and again and again. Just that little reminder. And that reminder is powerful. There are times throughout the history of our world where that little reminder of the Christmas spirit has changed lives, has changed countries, has changed our world. You've probably heard this story before, I hope you have, but it's the story of the, uh, one of the greatest stories that came out of World War I, the Christmas Day Truce of 1914. It's a, a story about right there along the French and Belgian border where English troops and, and German troops were, were embattled right next to each other in battle lines with just a very small, small area of no-man land right between their entrenchments. And they would spend time every single day leading up to Christmas Day shooting at each other and throwing throwing grenades at each other, and they were so close to each other they could hurl insults to each other and yell at each other across the lines. But guess what happened right before Christmas? Both the English battlefront and on the German battlefront, they started receiving Christmas cards from back home. Christmas cards from their families, Christmas cards from their governments, reminding them that they were loved and reminding them of the Christmas spirit. They not only received Christmas cards, but they received gifts. Gifts of Cadbury chocolate up and along down the, the English line. Gifts of, of bratwurst and ale up and along down the German line. And pretty soon they started enjoying those presents and, and the fighting died down. And then after a little while as they were enjoying those presents, someone from the German line yelled over to the English line, a gift is coming, and they threw this boot over. 
Well, of course, the English thought that's going to be a grenade. Everybody ducked for cover, but when they realized it was a boot, they, they looked inside it and it was filled with bratwurst and chocolate. It was a real Christmas gift from one side to the other. So the English went and, and scurried up some gifts of their own and they threw it over to the other side. Some gifts of Cadbury chocolate and pipe tobacco. And after a few minutes, the English started singing some patriotic songs at first, but then some Christmas carols. And they started singing Silent Night, Holy Night. Well, on the English side, they heard that song and they knew it in their own language. Stille Nacht, Heilig Nacht. And they started singing themselves. And then Finally, as dawn came up on Christmas Day, a few brave soldiers came up out of the trenches and walked out to that middle no-man's land and said, if you don't shoot, we won't shoot. And so they met each other right in the middle and shook hands and gave each other that Christmas greeting and even started playing football, soccer, right there in the middle of that no-man's land and singing Christmas carols together and sharing food together. And for that brief period of time, Christmas broke out. The war was stopped. Peace and joy and love and generosity overtook the people on each battlefront. It was powerful because of those little reminders that it's Christmas. It's Christmas Day. It's Christmas in our world. And so the fighting should stop. And peace has come. Of course, as you might imagine, after a few days, that Peace sort of, well, died down. The fighting resumed. Uh, commands came from both battlefronts to keep the fighting going, and so that fighting stopped because, after all, it's so hard to keep and sustain that spirit of Christmas in us. And it's hard for us, too. Even though the page is turned and we're still in the middle of Christmas season, we'll, we've already probably started taking down our ornaments at home. We've already started thinking about our to-do list. We've already started thinking about the problems in our own lives and, and thinking about those people that drive us crazy, thinking about ways that we can still go back and go back to the life we live, conquer the people that need to be conquered, be the people that we were before Christmas came. And what we need, what Titus needed was that little reminder, that little Christmas letter to remind him that joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the world, the Lord will come again. Christmas has come, and it comes again and again and again in our lives. That's the only way our lives will truly be changed is if we let the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ change us. And maybe what we just need are those little nativity sets, those little reminders, those little letters to remind us again and again when our lives get so hard, when our lives get so difficult, when the darkness creeps in, to remind us that that light still shines, to remind us that we are still Christians and Jesus Christ's people, even in the dog days of summer, even in the dog days of our lives. Well, this morning I have one more Christmas gift for you. Hopefully it will be a little reminder for you, just like Titus's letter, or John, Paul's letter to Titus, just like my mom's little nativity set. It's a little letter. And it was written by one of our families who received a Christmas angel gift. And this is what it says. To all involved at Faith Presbyterian Church, I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart. These gifts will make my kids' Christmas all the better. Life can be so hard... As a single mother, it is all I can do to keep up with the bills and put food on the table. Even though Christmas isn't all about the gifts, 
it sure will put a smile on their faces to wake up to all of these wonderful things. God bless you all, and thank you all so very much. Little Christmas letter to remind us that even though these gifts were something we gave one day a year, this single mom still has problems that will last the whole year long. And that there are other people out there that even though they may have received gifts from us at Christmas, there are still needs all year long for people around us. People who need to hear about the peace and the hope and the joy and the love through our generosity. And so in those moments when you forget about Christmas, when you turn the page and you're back to the way things used to be, I hope you can remember the words of this little letter. Let it be a reminder to you, not only the gratitude of people who experience Jesus Christ through you, but it will also be a reminder to you that people still need to hear about Jesus Christ. Not just at Christmas time, but on Groundhog Day, and in the middle of the summer, and at Thanksgiving, and every single day of our lives. There are people out there who need that Christmas spirit, and they will only hear it from you. You can be the reminder from them that joy to the world, the Lord has come. And joy to the world, the Lord is coming again. Thanks be to God. Amen.